Almighty One, our sacrifice begins. We commence. Spellberg, a podcast about the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game. It's time to party like it's 1974. All right, everyone. Today is an important day in the history of Spellburn. We are finally going to address the elephant in the room, the cleric class. You might be saying to yourself, but Jeff, Spellburn already covered the cleric class. You know, back with the original lineup, back when the show was still good. And to that, I would respond first with, how dare you? And second with, yeah, true, but they didn't give it the, they didn't really discuss the actual problem at hand, which is that we don't need clerics. We just need to give wizards healing magic. As you may, <laughs> as you may have guessed, I'm Judge Jeff. Uh, Judge Julian has decided to recuse himself from this heretical episode, but Judge Jen is brave enough to join our ranks today. So thank you for joining us, Jen. I would not miss this for the world. <laughs> <laughs> and in the spirit of being fair and balanced, I've decided to bring on somebody with the wrong opinion on this issue uh, to argue the other <laughs> side. So <laughs> joining us for this episode is the author of Lesser Key to the Celestial Legion, Don Stroud. Hi, Don. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. But before we enter the ring and start duking this one out, let's grab a few drinks in the tavern. Welcome, friends. Good to see you. I only had one drink to calm my nerves. And give a drink of your most expensive. Tavern talk. All right, so Don, let's go ahead and start with you. What have you been up to in gaming recently? Um, so I actually just was gaming last night, and usually I can't say that. So I'm running... Um, a dungeon that I'm writing for Exalted Funeral. Um, and I decided to use uh, first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons instead of DCC. I'm sorry, but it just kind of <laughs> made it made a little more sense. Um, you know, DCC, you come in with the extra hit points and the crazy casting. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted something a little more old school. Yeah. So, yeah, we ran that last night. Uh, it's the second session. It's been interesting. Now, is this your home group? Are you doing this in some kind of a public setting? Uh, home home group. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever run playtests for the public? I kind of. I was doing some online that was open, but all the spots filled so fast. That was for uh, Mothership uh, when I was playtesting A Pound of Flesh, which yeah, I don't I'm know if that's... too late for that one. I came in so late on that, that tale. Uh, yeah. I'm so bummed. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it's going to be at Gen Con. Yay. So, yeah. Awesome. And Don, if you're ever looking for somebody to play test with online, let me know. I would love right. to join in. Awesome. Yeah, I would do that. Cool. Jen, what have you been up to? Um, much like Don, just had some gaming this past weekend. We got back into Metamorphosis Alpha, which was awesome. Um, our friendly local gaming store is moving location. They're going to have the soft opening this coming week. So I think week after that just before we leave for gen con i'm slated to run mothership yay nice um i was also just sent a play test to run for the goodman games 2019 holiday module so i'll be doing that um not so much as a road crew game i don't think uh, doing that this week and 
really just kind of swamped with the the Gen Con prep. You know, between, okay, how much of this can I pack and still fit the 600 Appendix N books that are going to be on the spinners at the Goodman Games Rack? And holy cow, that's a lot of prep. Um, and since, as you guys know, I can't run on book games with Gen Con, I am going to be running a Lankmar game Thursday night after hours at the Embassy Suites. So... What I will do is open that up to the listeners. I'll take the first, I'll say, five people that emailed Jen at Spellburn.com. So whenever this airs, I will plan to have a flooded inbox. And <laughs> preference will go to those who haven't had a whole lot of exposure to the Lankmar setting yet. That's awesome. Perfect. So I'll go ahead and chat about what I've been up to in gaming recently. So I was just, I just ran a playtest for the upcoming DCC Lankmar tournament that will be running at Gen Con. I playtested the first round of that. As expected, it was a TPK. Um, <laughs> that's that's just the way of these tournaments. Uh, but it was really fun, and I ran it at Immortals Inc., which is a store in Rocky River, just right outside Cleveland. That is incredibly cute, and I hadn't been to yet. Um, but it was also it's also a funny reminder that like I very much have moved to a swing state because there was somebody there who was very excited about DCC. Um, who was wearing a red hat that had four words on it that make me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, hmm, all right. But anyways, um, the people who showed up for my table for my game were very fun, and it was a great session. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I call upon the flame to sudden you. Who will deliver the message for me? I came here to give you these facts. Summon email. Okay, great. So I've got this big bag of email here. Um, Jen, Still? do you want to go ahead? I know, right? It Jeez. just We can't seem to get through this thing. <laughs> um, there are worse problems to have, right? Very true. And I know that some people have complained about the tone of the timer that they want us to, like, they don't care about the timer. They just want us to get some, like, badass ringtone. Maybe... <laughs> And maybe part of it's too is like it's a very like the sound that we use for it is something that a lot of people use for their alarms. So I think it might just like trigger some kind of immediate like fight or flight, like oh shit, I'm late for something kind of response. <laughs> mm -hmm. So nice. I will say I haven't done that yet. So apologies in advance that you will still be getting that terrible. Oh, I guess I can pick something random right now. Here, how about by the season? I was going to say that? we could sample Vance, who was just howling a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, here's Constellation. We'll use this. Oh, Perfect. Mm. <laughs> so, Jen, do you want to go ahead and reach in and read us an email? Sure. Uh, this one comes to us from Judge Adam. Hail resplendent judges of the burned spell. Ooh, that's nice. I like that. I have a question about armor, magic, and its relation to wizards and elves. First, do elves have a spell check penalty from wearing armor? In the elf class section under weapon training, it says elves often wear armor of mithril even though it affects their spell casting. Um, and then he references page 56 or page 60 in the PDF. I cannot find any reference to this in the book. What are your thoughts? Second, uh, second can wizards wear armor? And if so, how do you determine their spell check penalty? Thanks, Judge Adam. 
All right. I'll pass this over to you first. I'm sure you'll pull up references to counter with. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to go ahead and open the book at all because I, I'm I'm increasingly moving in the direction of that. I don't actually care what it says in the DCC core book. I just care what I want to do at my table and what I think sounds fun. And in general, I do like the idea of wizards wearing armor, but also like I get that that's not very D and D. So sure, wizards, elves, they can both wear armor, but whatever this whatever the armor check penalty is applies to their spell checks. That's what I say. How about you, Don? I honestly have never even thought about that. I'm sure my wizards and elves are not wearing armor when they cast their spells. Who knows? Um, I'm always more worried about, hey, you're jumping. What's your penalty? So, yeah, I don't even know. Okay. And how about you, Jen? Um, I just had to go through this with a whole bunch of care, Jen, for my players in Peoria who were just starting out that first level stuff. Uh, they wanted to do it rules as written. So if you flip to the equipment section, under the armor, it has check penalties listed. And that is what would apply to the spell casting as well. Perfect. All right. Our next email here is from uh, Bruce. We love Bruce. Hey, Spellmers. <laughs> hey, Spellburners. Any chance you could give the UK Games Expo a mention? This year's event is taking place on the weekend of May 31st to June 2nd. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Um, at the NEC in Birmingham, UK, we have around 30 games, over 100 hours of DCC, MCC, X-Crawl, and related gaming. Once again, regular UK judges Bruce, Lee, Jules, and Andrew will be joined by Judge Brendan LaSalle, and we're really excited that Goodman Games will have a booth at the show for the first time this year, as well as the usual four-hour convention gaming sessions, tickets available now. Bruce and Brendan will both be running two-hour games-on-demand sessions on the Saturday, no, pre no pre-booking required. Uh, and then he gives us the link and says, cheers, Bruce. So... Obviously, it's too late for this one, but it is not too late to start planning for future UK Games Expos. Yes, because you do need to have a passport if you're in the States and you're going to go over there and getting a passport's on somebody's to-do list anyway. Absolutely. And if you're in the UK and you listen to the show and you haven't had a chance to check it out now, check it out. This is now a great opportunity to start planning for UK Games Expo 2020. I've heard Dave Beatty mention he wants to go over next year. Um Bruce has pretty much given us an ultimatum that we have to go next year. So <laughs> nice, sir. Yes, sir. I'm into it. And Jen, do we have another email here? It looks like this one actually looks newer than the rest in there. Huh? Weird. I'm, your sorting is yeah, boys. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. This comes from judge Rob healing in the city of the black toga. Oh boy. Esteemed Judges J, recently I've been running a DCC Lankmar game for my week regular weekly group, starting with the Madhouse Meet, continuing with masks, and eagerly awaiting the release of the rest of the material in a couple of months. Yes, I already pre-ordered the whole set in Adventures from Goodman. My group has quickly adapted to the glories of the DCC system, and I'm working hard to bring in as much arcane weirdness as possible, given we have only one wizard in the party. However, the healing and recuperation and restorative mechanic hasn't quite clicked. What are your best ideas on how to remind or get the players to use the mechanic as intended and integrate the Lankmar healing organically? Thanks for the amazing episodes, all the great ideas, and cheers to the finest RPG system ever written. Judge Rob. Oh, 
Cool. Thanks, okay. Judge Rob. Well, hey, Judge Jeff, you're prepping for the uh, the tournament, which probably has, you know, a little more streamlining in its rules, if the last few years are anything to judge from. But what would you say for this one? Yeah, in the tournament, I mean, they it's I, I'm going to have to reread the rules before I run the tournament. <laughs> but I, I, I believe it is uh, you can once per encounter um, spend a point of fleeting luck to get a hit die or maybe you don't even need to spend a luck. I don't I actually don't recall. I have oh, to reread it's that. It's always spending a luck. Okay, you spend a point of fleeting or permanent luck, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you get a hit die of healing. Uh, it takes an entire action, and you use that during combat. However, I would like to say, I think the real answer here is giving your wizards healing magic. And <laughs> in response to that, I actually wrote a healing spell for Judge Rob that I then uh, emailed to him. So Judge Rob was oh, the first God. person to receive the spell <laughs> Deog's Healing Touch. And Deog is goad backwards. Mm -hmm. So Deog's Healing Touch was uh, emailed to Rob as soon as we got this email from him. And we'll go ahead and post it in the, uh, the what, is, what is the word I'm looking for? Links. Show notes. The show notes. Yeah. The links, yes. Yeah. And the timer's going off. <laughs> so yes, everybody can now use Deog's Healing Touch. Uh, Don Stroud, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, why don't you add clerics? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you know what? Think of it as an appendix end story. People get beat down. They have to stop, just kind of lean on the wall for a minute, mm -hmm. get that, that second wind. And that's what this is all about. So maybe um, Judge Rob get better dice and <laughs> paddle those players a little bit more. Get them to realize they need this healing. <laughs> Separate them okay. from their luck, and they'll get more fleeting luck out of it. And I don't know. I really dig the cooperative table play stuff. And to those of you who are listening who have written us an email that we skipped over to get to this one, I apologize in advance. This one was just too juicy and too good for this episode not to include. And it is a great segue <laughs> into the meat of our episode. Let the combat begin! To the death! My behold, our hero! Huh. So you want to play rough, eh? Let's take this! Mighty Deeds. Okay, so Don Stroud, you are with us today. Before we start duking it out, let's talk a little bit about who you are and why people should care. First off, <laughs> you were nominated for an Emmy. Yes. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's cool. I mean, it's weird. What are you nominated for an Emmy for? Let us know. Oh, uh, so Best Adventure, uh, which was an adventure called Dead Planet written for um, Mothership Horror. Yes. I, I'm going to mess up the name. Mothership Horror Sci-Fi. Wait, Sci-Fi Horror RPG. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, I've never heard anybody yeah. call it anything other than just Mothership. Yeah, it's got a whole long yeah. title. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a mouthful, so that's why no one ever says all that stuff. And yeah, but so that was an adventure I wrote with Sean McCoy, who um, was the writer of Mothership, and Fiona. Um, we yeah, we rocked it out uh, for Gen Con last year. Uh, it's a fun adventure. I love it. But yeah, it was nominated. So Th that's here amazing. we are. Yeah, four times, right? Yeah. Four so yeah, so Dead Planet was for best adventure, and then I'm gonna mess these other ones up i think game of the year product of the year 
uh, Best Rules are the other three. Yeah. Uh, and that's all just concerning Mothership, the, you know, uh, Player Survival Guide is what we call it, PSG. Well, here's to you wearing at least, you know, two or three of those medallions around your neck. Brace yourself. They are heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And for those of you who are listening who aren't familiar with what Mothership is, Mothership is awesome. It's this really fantastic game of sci-fi horror. It is uh, very easy to run. It's beautifully written, beautifully laid out, um, a very cool system. Um, it's, it's not some massive tome. It's just in this nice little easy-to-carry-around booklet that's absolutely gorgeous. So I highly recommend our listeners go and check out Mothership. And also, I will say... The, the kind of excitement around Mothership in this community is something I haven't seen since DCC RPG was brand new. Right? Yeah. So I really feel yeah. like, and also t- piggybacking onto that, it's also the only other system that Judge Jen runs other than DCC RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Which is huge, it's right? True. It's huge. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and, well, if we're going to be that dorky about it, I just saw a reminder that Today marks my seventh anniversary of running my very first game ever and me going, hi, I guess I'm on this side of the screen now. Okay. Nice. (laughs) That's cool. Congratulations. Very formative, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that really beautiful book, Mothership, uh, there's a couple of tie-ins to that and The Lesser Key, yes? Yeah. I mean, I I flipped through this at first and I'm like, this is a really slick layout. Oh, Sean McCoy. Sean, yeah. That explains Sean. a little bit. Yeah, Sean, Sean McCoy is super talented uh, when it comes to information design, uh, layout. I would the recommend aesthetic. people not contact him for their layout because he's pretty focused on mothership right now. But, you know, I get a special in, so... I took it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Now, one last thing to kind of bring up before we kind of dive on into the topic is, of course, a lot of our listeners may know you from Drink Spin Run. Uh, where is what? What is the current status of Drink Spin Run? Um, unknown. Okay. It's, uh, wandering around in a dark parking lot, bumping into <laughs> abandoned cars, uh, looking for supplies. I would guess. Uh, the interesting thing is, I wouldn't be here without spellburn which makes no sense what? because no without <laughs> spellborn i yeah no because i used to listen i listened to the first five episodes i'm like oh these people don't know what they're talking about i can do a <laughs> podcast and then jen came on and i'm like wow she actually knows the book uh but i yeah, i'm not disparaging anyone i love those guys um <sighs> i miss them but not too much i love you guys too uh, julian i miss uh He's not Julian here. will be back. Yeah. He just he just wanted to avoid you, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm too close to Hobbs, I guess. That's probably it. Yeah. 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 So it's been this weird long like it's all it all comes back to Spellburn. Perfect. Well, Drinkspin yeah. Run was, I would say, a completely different animal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. Was, what are you drinking? What are you listening to? What are right. you reading? And it was almost like a podcast for smart drunk people. Yeah. Well, kind of smart definitely drunk Uh, (laughs) your words not mine Uh, i'll stand i'll stand by them (laughs) no uh it was uh yeah it's a super it was super fun to do and i always thought of us as a dcc podcast um 
because that was what we played and that's what we talked about a lot. I mean, we had tons of other people on about all different kinds of things, but, you know, having Harley on that first time, fanboy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great ride. I'm not saying it's dead forever, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I hear you. So, Don, let's go ahead and uh, start our conversation here. I, I guess I'll start with, why do you believe that clerics are totally unnecessary in DCC RPG? Uh, I agree with you because you could just give healing spells to wizards. <laughs> Perfect. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That, that was a short and easy episode. Uh, thank I you for joining you us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's kind of weird in a way because I wanted from my mic. Sorry. It's weird in a way because I think that um, the authors of DCC RPG made wizards into clerics by giving them patrons and special spells. So mm -hmm. I don't know why do we need wizards? Because we kind of made, <laughs> obviously someone loved clerics enough to make wizards into clerics. So <laughs> I just don't even get it. So I, I like that counter a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all kidding aside, I know I'm I'm kind of famous for being the one who hates clerics, and in, and and in reality, I really don't hate clerics. I, I I in my personal style of gaming, I just give my wizards healing spells, and I don't worry mm -hmm. about clerics. But I've been, I've played clerics. I have a lot of fun playing clerics. And this book that you've written, The Lesser Key to the Celestial Legion, really makes playing a cleric a, a cleric character in Dungeon Crawl Classics a lot more fun and exciting. So I guess let's go ahead and start with why did you feel like this book needed to be written? This book started out as more of a well, okay, start from the beginning. I've always I've always liked clerics because I don't know why. Um, that's gonna be a quick story. I guess my first <laughs> tell it again, Don, tell it again. <laughs> I don't know. My first exposure to like, I don't want this to sound weird. My first exposure to like the fantastical was probably going to church as a very small boy and hearing like, you know, turning staffs into snakes and reins of frogs and even the Valley of Bones story like that just gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh, man, this is this is great stuff. Um, so I think it's kind of based on that. Like that was my first exposure to like the fantastical. Um so it just kind of like, and then of course, you know, Tolkien and Appendix N stuff. But yeah, it was definitely first like the Bible, like crazy stories. So, but well, when I... You do on. include something in your, uh, your introduction in this book about having a bit of a religious upbringing and uh, how much part of your family would not appreciate this book. <laughs> yeah, because and I... that really rang with me. Yeah, yeah. But when you get down to it, like, all the crazy angels that were mentioned in, like, the Old Testament, like, the Wheels of Fire, and, like, there was some crazy stuff going on while in the writing. But that's yeah. just the thing. They saw the angels. They saw the, the prophets. They never once saw God come down himself right. to these people. So I think what you've done in creating the heralds is mm -hmm. phenomenal. It, it, I've always wondered, even with the patrons, what do you mean? Cesarcon's going to take time out of his day to bestow you with something? Right. No, he's probably no, busy, right? Absolutely not. He, yeah. the, he's got people for that, you know, or yeah. creatures. So for, for those who've not yet read this book, Don, go ahead and tell us what a herald is. Oh, so, uh, so the Herald is an angel, and they went through many, many names before we settled on um, 
Herald. At first, they're just called messengers because I believe angel translates as messenger. Um, but, you know, the whole kind of like Herald's kind of kind of rang with like that weird uh, fantasy vibe, right? Like kind of Lovecraftian. Um, so they were called beings at one point, but a herald is an angel. It's a messenger that comes down um, or rises up. There are 30 different ways they can manifest. And yeah, it's just, it's a messenger of the God you serve, or maybe a God who wants you to serve them. And in this book, there's a really fun series of tables on randomly generating a herald. Should we go ahead and randomly generate a herald on the air? We could do that. Okay, cool. So I've actually got the chart right in front of me. And to start with, I just rolled an 18 and a 15. So that adds up to a 33. So the shape of our herald is rings slash wheels. Nice. Hmm. Okay. okay. And the size of it, 17 plus 19. Wow, I'm rolling high today. That's a 36. It's a 60 foot tall or wide set of rings and wheels. Okay. Its hmm. bulk is 14 plus 10 is 24. So, uh, normal aspect. Which doesn't make sure. sense for wheels, but it would for other results. But yeah. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then for its appearance, we just rolled a d20 and I got a three hairs, furs, or feathers. <laughs> so here we have a 60-foot ring of uh, of just like hmm. animal furs and feathers and hairs yeah. is how this thing appears, which is already pretty messed up. So it's like the Bible on acid. Pretty bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Now my question is, are they horizontal or vertical? Um, how, or interlocking. Yeah. What if they're a sphere? They're spinning, you know, different angles, different planes, ah, different yeah. directions. Yeah. Now, it's also got eyes. So it's eyes. <laughs> oh, it says mul- multiple pupils roll 1d4 times because I rolled a oh, 9. Geez. So it's got three different kinds of eyes. Uh, the first kind is uh, the blood eyes. It has mm-hmm. it sees through its blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, stars slash nebula. Okay. Okay, that kind of goes with the multiple mm-hmm. rings creating a sphere. Mm-hmm. And the other one says no pupils. So I'll go ahead and have the no pupils just kind of cross out the third result. So it okay. sees through both of its blood and these kind of like weird stars that are. Hmm. Do we think the stars are kind of embedded within the ring of fur or do they kind of hover about it? Oh, they could hover. I, I'm, I'm picturing like black orbs for those and then like stars are inside of it, like a marble, but like a, you know, oh. like a big. And, and I'm picturing wide. them kind of levitating inside that that mm. sphere made of the rings that are. Oh yeah, like an atom. Yeah. Now that everybody's back, I just hit record again, so we're back on. Okay. Yay. Jen started laughing because the last word that you said before you cut out was atom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I said Adam, and I thought I blew both your minds. Like, yeah. like you guys just like frozen. I'm like, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> what a visual that must have been. You just poofed. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're back. So well, I'm sorry. What 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 was it you were saying? Uh, the eyes and the spheres is like an atom. Yes, yeah. an atom. Perfect. One <laughs> thing I really dig about these tables is that 
like you can get some really bizarre results like this, but you can also kind of get just like a, like a humanoid with an animal head as well. So like you can kind of mm -hmm. get kind of more traditional results. But yeah. also in this table, it's going to have some extra features. So let's find out what those are. I rolled a six. It's got one D10 mouths. It has eight oh, mouths <laughs> along along the side of this ring. There are these like eight yeah, giant mouths. It, it's mm -hmm. got to be on the outside. Yeah. Now we're going to roll appendages. I rolled a one. They're short. They have very short little appendages. Okay. That I guess okay. is going to help in, in, in making the wheel move. Maybe they're like these short little arms yeah. that kind of yeah. keep it rotating. Feet. Oh, yeah. Little, little feet. Yeah. Tiny little feet all along this big furry wheel to keep are it in they, motion. Yeah. Are they like bird feet then? Little clawed feet? Yeah. All the feathers. Yeah. And now it says, if there are wings or horns, you roll a D10. We, this, we did not come up with wings or horns, so we're not right. going to worry about that. We skip okay. the animals table, the color. So we're, we're done, right? Oh no, yeah, we've colors. got our signs of divinity. Well, that's if that you go to colors if you're directed to go to the colors table. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, I think is that isn't that right, Don? Um, you could actually find out. I mean, colors is for anything in the book. Like it's directed oh, back so many times. So you could figure out what what colors the spears were. Maybe you could figure out what colors the uh, stars were in the eyes. Great. Um, mm. Yeah. I rolled a two for red, so mm. it is a, a red furred with vertical. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I roll again for patterns. Um, so eight for blotches or smears. So we've got like red blotchy <laughs> fur. Okay. I'm into it. Yeah. So this god has some crazy now, herald. What color is Dolm? Um, that's from uh, what is uh, the voyage to Arcturnus, I think, isn't it? Um, okay. Both. Where are they? Sorry to derail you, Jeff. I'm just looking at the color no, list. I'm like, there's a color called Dome. Yeah, okay. Dome, All Fire, and Jail are like some of those like classic weird fiction. Like, ver I don't okay. remember who wrote Vo Voyage to Arcturnus, but um, I think nice some of those touch. were some of those colors were used in uh, Carcosa. Um, cool. Yeah. And then finally, we have uh, four D30 rolls. Okay. First off, the incarnation, I get a 27. So pouring rain fills in the shape of the herald. So there's a, a horrible thunderstorm oh. comes and it starts to rain. And out of the rain forms this red, splotchy, 60-foot <laughs> wheel of wet fur with these oh, little God. legs that are keeping it moving in perpetual motion. And as it rotates, you see the eight giant mouths that surround this giant ring, <laughs> each wailing and screaming as, as, these, as these black nebulae that surround the fur are staring at you with these like infinite <laughs> black mm -hmm. depths. Uh, cool, so that's how it starts. Now let's roll its <laughs> presence. I rolled an 11 for its presence. Mortals succumb to avarice and fight over treasures when the herald leaves. Okay. Yeah. And then beholding is five. The head has a crown. <laughs> so we probably will either say the crown is floating above the spheres or mm -hmm. we we'll oh, just ignore yes. the results. Yeah. But I so would, we I would have the floating. substance, which is table one, one. Yeah. So substance one, one. Let's go back to that. Um, okay. That's a D20. So it's a crown of, I rolled a 14. Crown of bones, bones floating above this this giant wet furry sphere. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the impression. 29. Ooh. Roars and howls of animals heard when the herald moves. 
Nice. Probably because that's where cool. little mouths came from. Yeah. And now, now, mind you, this is not your deity. This is the herald that appears right. when maybe when you invoke the deity or when you when the deity needs something done for them. Yeah. Now, Don, yeah. do you envision wow. this as each god has one kind of herald that consistently appears? Or would you roll on this every time a herald of any god appears? Uh, in my own personal game, I would say, depending, I think there's even like a level of herald and hierarchy of the host section. Like, I would say if your god is just starting out, this is the only herald that they have. Or maybe if they're a younger god, uh, maybe they have two different hierarchies, like two levels of host. Um, you know, because in Christianity, uh, there were different levels of angels that looked different, like the cherubs, the, um, yeah, the cherub, cherubim, seraphim, uh, mm -hmm. the crowns, the chairs. Uh, so that's, I wouldn't say they have a huge host of different types, but I would, I would say like, this might not be a one creature, but there could be three of these furry feathery spheres that come down, uh, if it's a newer God. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that I did notice there is one more table here. A oh, I dropped the die. A oh. percentile for the level of the herald, which we can go ahead and roll. Uh, Sixty-three. So this is a third-level herald, which affects <laughs> its die type. Yeah, um, it makes it a little bit stronger. Very cool, Don. This is very fun. I, I feel like I could have a lot of fun using this in my game. Uh, what other kind of goodies can people find in this book here? Uh, yeah, so it did. The book started out as that maybe three and a half years ago. And then I was like, well, I like playing clerics. So there is a chapter on the extra things clerics can do. Um, they can build little shrines, they can build churches, they can exercise demons and spirits, yeah. which I love the exorcist. Uh, my wife and I watch it every year. And it's just why. I mean, yes, I'm sure someone's covered it in RPGs since the beginning of them, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't read it, so I'm just like, hey, this needs to happen. And I don't – it seems to be hard enough that it makes sense, you know? Because The Exorcist totally. was a whole movie. It wasn't a 10-minute long show. Um, so it needs to be hard. You're re resting mm -hmm. a demon out of a physical host. Um, what are some of the other chapters – yeah, the, we've got the worship practices, mm -hmm. we've got sacrifices, we have holidays, we have holy symbols. Yeah. And one thing I really like about this book is you can really, in the spirit of DCC, which is where you're really rolling with the weird here, you're not just going to have, you know, um, Danar, god of the sun, and Salandria, goddess of the moon. You know, like instead you're going to, you, you can potentially have some really bizarre and out there deities to work with here if you're mm -hmm. just going to kind of randomly generate all of this. And I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So my idea was it's like I would, I shared this with quite a few uh, people and they're like, well, yeah, how do you make gods? I'm like, you just, you just make an angel and make it into a God. Like it's going to be weird. It's going to be awesome. So mm -hmm. I did uh, a stretch goals, James Posnell, who was my co-author on this. Uh, we kind of like said, Hey, let's make this a little more usable to, so there's a small part in the back where you can kind of like extrapolate it and make your gods that send the heralds down. Um, 
uh, what was I saying? So like, and there's a place to name it. There's a title you can give it, which, you know, angels should always have crazy weird titles, right? <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty essential. Uh, there's a domain generator because, you know, every, everybody wants to know what domain you serve. Uh, I like that you also have a random hecklers table too, so that when you're a young cleric who's trying to preach the word, you can roll on this random hecklers table. Yes, I adore yeah. the conversion checks. Like when you roll into a new place, yeah, there's going to be people who want to, they want something new in their lives besides wanting right. healing maybe. So yeah. the oration based on your stamina <laughs> right. <laughs> Which results in the number of followers gained. You can get hecklers while you're out there standing on a pulpit, you know, preaching your good word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, yeah, that heckler table is amazing. It's no, the, the heckler ends up converting other people to his religion instead. You know? Right. Yeah. Like somebody. <laughs> and that's kind of what I wanted to capture, like from the RPG uh, or from the DCC RPG book, like the. Every role you make could probably lead to a side thing, you know, when you're spell burning, mm -hmm. when you're doing this, when you're doing that. So, like, I wanted every single role or James and I wanted every single role in here to kind of like, oh, yeah, you're preaching, but hey, you fumble. And what do you, you know, what happens from there? Like all the possible things that could happen. So we just wanted to kind of, A, I wanted to, well, we both wanted to make the cleric a little more like fleshy because yeah they're heal bots mm -hmm. like they kind of solved it in dcc uh by you know making land hands an ability and not a spell uh that was one step but like this is like really bringing it to life and making it i want not more like the real world but yeah i mean there's so many religions here and they're all doing their weird little cool thing like we just wanted to add depth to it Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, Julian and I were really ecstatic after the annual, at least the PDF of it, got released because, hey, we've got more stuff we can do with the clerics. We've got individual uh, disapproval tables now. We've got individual effects for lay on hands. And that's cool. And it mm. personalizes a handful of them. But this, this puppy... Um, I will be using this for my wizards too. Yeah. For patrons. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, even what some people would consider minutia. Um, one of my grandfathers was a preacher. So the chapter six, maintaining the ministry. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yes. This, this is the kind of crap that had to happen. You have to have those disciples. You have to have those acolytes. If you're going to have, a cohesive religion. You have mm -hmm. to have the people, the little beetles behind the scenes, keeping everything in order while you're right. gone. Yeah. And, and that was kind of influenced by, you know, how, how all the things you can build in Dungeons and Dragons, you know, uh, you build your keep and if you go away, like stuff is going to happen. Like mm -hmm. it's just like that. But instead of building churches, which you can build, you're building a congregation, which and stuff is going to happen to that. Now, I will fully admit I am ADD enough that when I'm sitting in front of tables and two people are having a conversation, I stop listening and I start rolling on <laughs> tables. So I've not really been listening to what the two of you have been saying. But while you've That's been having fine. this it's conversation... That's fine. It's more cleric stuff, Jeff. 
<laughs> but while you've been having this conversation, I've been rolling up stuff quietly on my notepad so I wouldn't interrupt you guys or get it on the microphone um, in, in, the, in the appendix. And I will let you guys know that the Herald we rolled up is the archivist of Nitsnu, the god of love. Oh, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That makes no sense, but I like it. Yeah. But it makes so much sense, too. I mean, why wouldn't the archivist of the God of Love present itself as such? Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. This is so fun. Oh, yeah. I love this. Yeah. That's the, like, that's the thing. Like, I think it's fun and it almost never even made it out, like, uh, James Posnell, who did, uh, I can never remember the full title. Um, blah, blah, blah. It's Elfland Edition 2. Oh, Angels, Demons, and Beings in Between. Yeah. So, yes. And he's in my home group. Um, but, like, these were just tables that I would roll on at my table and kind of keep it. And he's like, man, this is so good. You really have to get it out there i'm like yeah that'd be cool but really i just like using it uh so he was really instrumental in putting some polish on it adding to it um a lot of the saint stuff he brought in or the relics um Mm -hmm. and he just like really pushed it to get out and polished it up uh he always loved it from the first time he saw it he even wrote two entries into last year's uh gong farmer's almanac using it cool yeah that's awesome. Yeah, I, the saints in repose. I mean, this is. It's like, okay, you enter this temple and there's a statue of blah 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 blah, and no, no, don't don't just tell me that. Tell mm-hmm. me, yeah, what, what kind of offerings should I be bringing this this statue? What what kind of guardians does he have before anybody decides to go? rampant through the shrine you know Mm -hmm. yeah i am yeah and and the layout of it angels demons and beings in between has a lot of good information and uh it's a nice meaty substance to nom on for a while but it's a little intimidating to me just Mm -hmm. maybe it's the layout factor just some people have weird mental aesthetics Hi, I'm one of them. Uh, this, this is slick, dude. This is really slick. Thank you. And I really dig some of the illumination-like chapter art that you've got. The full page pieces here. Oh yeah. Now, Don, have you had a chance to look at the DCC annual yet? Um, I have not. I'm embarrassed to admit. Now I've heard a lot about it. Um, I mean, it's not out yet. You right. had to have been a, a Kickstarter, a Kickstarter, and backer. I and I <laughs> didn't. I kind of calmed down on all my Kickstarter backing uh, because I was like, eh, you know, just throw money out. And but I wish I had because I have heard that there's some really cool stuff. I've listened to your episodes where you go through it, mm-hmm. and even uh, James was like, "Oh, you know what we have to do now since this is out and they're doing this, <laughs> we have to go back and do this." I'm like, "Yeah, maybe." Uh, in a year or two. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a really exciting time to be playing a cleric in Dungeon Crawl Classics. I think if you take the the DCC annual and you take Lesser Key to the Celestial Legion and bring both of these into your game, you are going to have a very exciting cleric class. And I, and I do know that historically, a lot of people have complained about the cl- cleric class, saying that they don't think it is as 
interesting, fun, powerful as some of the other classes. Although, honestly, in my home group back in New York, my favorite character we ever had was Volrath, the cleric of the Buglobills. <laughs> and that character was just so much fun and added so much flavor to the campaign. So, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's a fun time to be playing clerics in DCC. I will agree with you. Even yeah. though they don't belong there. Right, no. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, uh, touching on the, the annual again, there was that bit with the patron weapons or the living weapons where if you piss off a patron, they might just pull your soul out and put you in something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really dig the fact that if I do the exorcism from the lesser key, I can pull that spirit out and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. See? right, right. Yeah, you can uh, you can push it into an object or a weapon. Um, yeah. And the the other note that I had written down here was it is absolutely devious to allow the number of converts that a cleric has or hasn't made in the course of their adventuring. Uh, there's a little note in here that I'm pretty sure Don wrote that could hmm. affect their leveling. Mm -hmm. If you oh, haven't gained X number of converts, maybe you don't make level two yet. Right. You're not worthy yet. Yeah. Oh, explain this. All right. So this is, have you ever read Small Gods by Terry Pratchett? No. Um, it's a Discworld book. And it kind of, I mean, I don't, I read it a long time ago and I have not revisited um, because everyone just reads about the guards, right? Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, there's this part where like they discover this small god like who maybe used to be a larger god so my whole thinking came from that like your everything all the clerical magic divine magic runs on belief of the followers um you know so you're gonna need a certain level just to generate strength for your god to even give you these spells um so that is it. you need it's like they're little divine batteries believers are. Very cool. I really like that. And touching on Terry Pratchett as well, uh, with American Gods coming out on mm. Amazon recently, uh, having that fresh in my brain while reading this book from cover to cover, oh yeah, makes perfect sense, guys. <laughs> now, Dan, oh, yeah. perhaps you address this in the, in the book, but in your vision of how clerics and gods work in lesser key to the celestial legion do gods ever present themselves um not on the like terra firma because mm -hmm. it would all all that power all that like weird divine and strength going on would just unravel reality mm. because you just have a bunch of weird people believing in weird things fueling their god <laughs> that's just like a giant sack of weird belief right mm -hmm. and if it touches down just you know rocks start floating that's that's why the heralds do weird things because they're kind of touched with this divine energy and you know it can make water boil or time kind of freeze when just the messenger of the god is here if the actual god landed came out out touched reality mm -hmm. it would just make it crumble and fall apart yeah. so the, so they really need the messengers to just do anything on this plane. 
Sure. And one thing that I think is cool about kind of gods in the Appendix N is they can also be quite strange, you know, and in the Blue Star, I know there's an entire continent that worships the God of love, but it's actually this really kind of oppressive world where like everybody has to follow the laws of the God of love. And we just rolled up Nitz, the, um, the, um, the herald of Nitz knew the God of love. Um, and also like, I know in the dying earth, we've got these like very strange beliefs from village to village that Google uh, travels to. And I can totally see in the DCC universe traveling to some town where people are laying their, their, their bodies in front of this giant like furry wheel with little, <laughs> little legs and allowing themselves to be crushed so that the archivist of the God of love can record their love forever upon the cosmos. Mm. And just having your characters being like, oh my God, what is happening in this crazy place? Right, yeah. <laughs> what if every single village had a weird angel there, Harold, that was, yeah, I love it, dude. It, what what happens is the party goes murder hobo because they don't take the time to investigate what this is. They end up trying to kill this Harold and mm-hmm. the judge doesn't have to worry about a plot line for the next two months right because right. <laughs> maybe they can kill the herald and i in in the back of the book i think i wrote something about uh weird shards of the divine energy forming and their tables and how they what what they resemble so that's going to be left there your players can pick them up fuel spells and stuff with them or even ascend to godhood themselves but then that god is going to be sending more heralds down because you just killed their number one herald their third level you know fur wheel and they're and they're mad (laughs) so there's a wealth of third party resources for people to use in their dcc rpg games i'm curious don is there any third party product that you have used a lot in your DCC gaming that you've gotten a lot of mileage out of or a lot of fun running? Um, the, is this, this is not, no, this, I was going to say the random esoteric uh, creature generator, but that wasn't mm-hmm. really third party because Goodman published it at one point. That is um, true. Goodman yeah. did publish it. Um, although it's not officially part of the, the official DCC RPG umbrella. Right. But no, also lamentation neutral, right? Yeah, it is yeah. system neutral, and Lamentations now currently prints it because it was written by Jim Raggi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, um, okay. so that is the thing I most use, um, which is kind of umbrella, kind of not. So yeah, yeah. Um, what else? That one's great. Oh yeah, I you mean, can get you, some wild results. You get and that and that probably kind of inspired this. Like, hey, I mm-hmm. want to make weird angels. How do I do that? Bam, you've got yeah. this example. Um, no, but yeah, that's probably the most thing I, I mean, I try to keep up in the third party, so I'm wondering if I'm getting something, but, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there. So that's why I was very specifically asking if it was mm-hmm. stuff that you, if there's anything that you used a lot of your gaming, cause if it's just like, is there something cool third party? It's like, yeah, we can right, all list right. off like 30 things that we think are awesome that we've yeah, seen, yeah. but whether or not we've used it a bunch in our gaming is a very mm-hmm. different kind of question. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't really run a lot of modules and I always, you know, like I either invent my monsters or just grab that book. Uh, yeah. It's so bam, 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 done. Totally. Weird flamingos made of iron that squirt blood. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it has been awesome having you on. I feel like we have explored this topic. Uh, if people want to pick up a copy of this book or find you online, how can they go ahead and do those things? So it is available at the Goodman Games site and probably conventions. They could also um, send me a message on Twitter where I'm probably at 
Don Stroud. Um, Cause I also Probably. have a stock. I don't even know my Twitter handle <laughs> or you can send me a message on Facebook. Um, yeah. I, I, I have books to sell, but they're also out there in other places. So now we should also mention that Don Stroud is not spelled the way you would normally expect it to be. Mm, right. D O N N S T R O U D. Yes. Double N Stroud. Yeah. There's yes. a dumb story behind that, that it's yeah. Legally it's Donald with one N. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mine was supposed to be Jeff with one F, but my mom forgot to tell that to the person who filled out the birth certificate. So she just never bothered. But actually, I'm really glad because I, I would have hated to have spent the last 39 years constantly telling people it's Jeff with one F, which is actually right. a Pixie song, too. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey with one F. Jeffrey. <laughs> it's like they knew. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, they, they foreshadowed the nightmare that would have been my life had mm -hmm. that panned out. That's awesome. And man, I am gearing up. I, I, I think this will be such a, a boon in, in the stacks that I kind of want to run an all cleric game for Gary Con. Mm. Oh, that, that would fun. be, that would be so cool. That is my dream as well. And my dream also <laughs> is to everything in the world is this big, epic religious battle, everything you fight. They're not monsters. They're actually heralds of different gods, chaotic gods, um, and your party goes around. Of course, the cleric's in charge. He's like a head priest. Your little warriors, like the uh, you know Templar knight or whatever. Uh, yeah, I love it. You can yeah. do so much with it because <laughs> look at this planet and all of the history has been religion and gods, right? Fighting. I mean, hell, you could use this for you know like a Delta Green game and just like <laughs> it's it's modern world and suddenly these like crazy weird entities have appeared out of nowhere and are now mm -hmm. wreaking havoc in our in our universe. Right, because they get weird enough, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Don, it's been awesome having you on. Um, yeah, I, I think this is our show. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's been a long time dream. <laughs> <laughs> awesome kind of yeah. there we go <laughs> oh i just have one more question ask it uh where did uncle don come from oh this is a great story so uh reese reese carter mostly calls me uncle don um but also a few other people and it came from uh gen uh origins maybe five years ago i was working for tuesday night games um, night with a K and mm -hmm. I got placed with these two young, uh, children. They weren't that young. I think they were like 16 and maybe 18, uh, these boys who loved magic, the gathering. And, uh, I was in their room with them. I was like the den mother or whatever. And so I had to be like, guys, please don't put your wet towels on the beds. It's going to make them wet tonight. <laughs> hey guys, can we do this? don't spend all your money the first day on magic cards guys come on you got to think about this um it led to some crazy antics we paid them 20 bucks to um eat someone else's booger it was, classic. <laughs> it was so wow. great and so those two kids always scream and call me uncle don when they see me and now they're like in their early 20s they run up to me they jump on me um so reese Carter thought this was freaking hilarious. So now he calls me Uncle Don. Awesome. That's my amazing. Story. Yeah, that's what happens when you go to conventions. All right, Uncle Don. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. And uh, listeners, uh, keep on gaming. 
<laughs> You've been listening to Spellburn. Copyright 2017. Theme song has been graciously provided by Glitter Wizard. Learn more at glitterwizard.bandcamp.com. <laughs>